You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to episode 204 of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Today, we're going to explore the three stages of truth. The man who apparently gave us this concept was the philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer. There's a debate about whether or not it's um, really his idea or not. I don't think the debate is all that important. We shouldn't get hung up on who gave us the concept, who made the observation. What's important is what is this observation and what impact does it have on the way we see the world and the way we live What impact does it have on our understanding of storytelling and how stories play a significant role in how we experience our lives? What are the three stages of truth? Let's say it was Schopenhauer. He said that whenever a new truth is emerging in society, it will go through three significant stages. The first one is ridicule. It will be ridiculed. Then it will be violently opposed. And the third stage is it will be self-evident as a truth and people will embrace it, maybe even become really passionate advocates of this truth. Now, isn't that interesting that it would begin with a distrust, with ridicule, and then that ridicule would get even more intense and develop into violent opposition. And finally, this truth would be embraced, promoted, supported, passionately, and loved. Wow. What an interesting thing. So you may say, well, is that really the way things happen? My observation is, my experience has been that it absolutely is the way we work as people, the way our minds tend to work. Why is this important? Because as we begin to understand this phenomenon, as we become more aware of it, then we start to become really, really sharp in picking up how our beliefs are formed and how our beliefs are really narratives that are born in our emotions. In other words, our beliefs are not objective, external, hardened, fast, unchangeable truth. They're not facts, even though we want to believe they are. They're stories. 
You see, if you don't challenge this, let's come back to that idea later. What happens if you don't challenge this? Let's look at some really interesting examples of the three stages of truth. Today, would you challenge the validity of an automobile? Well, you might if you get into an argument about pollution and how cars, uh, certainly cars that use fossil fuels, create a lot of pollution in the environment. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you if you would challenge the validity of the automobile as a form of transportation. Probably when you hear this question, you, you know, you're smiling. You're going, what? I mean, come on. Anyone who would challenge that would be insane. Really? When the automobile was first invented, it had to go through its three stages of truth before it was accepted as valid. Why is this? Because all of us, I don't care how self-aware you are, all of us are irrational. People are beings that are uh, led by our emotions a lot. We make our choices emotionally and then we use our intellects, our minds, to support and to um, justify the choices that we've made emotionally. A lot of people will deny this, and it's okay. It's quite amusing to me. Now, the automobile. There was a prominent philosopher at the turn of the century. He was certainly around when the automobile was invented. His name was C.E.M. Jode. J-O-A-D, and the C-E-M stand for Cyril Edwin Mitchinson Jode. He was an English philosopher. He was a broadcasting personality. He appeared on The Brain's Trust, a BBC radio wartime discussion program. He popularized philosophy and became a celebrity. In other words, this man in his day was highly respected by society. This is what he had to say about the emergence of the automobile. Car driving is one of the most contemptible and soul-destroying and devitalizing pursuits. He said, everyone knows that the only way to see the country is to walk in it. So, if someone you respected, let's say a media personality, a news broadcaster, made a comment like that today about the automobile, you would say, "Uh, that person um, is probably burnt out. They probably need a rest. They're not making sense. However, in the days of C.E.M. Jode, That argument made a lot of sense to people. So, again, you may be asking, how is that relevant to my life? Let's look at some of the current narratives in our society, narratives that are powerful and emotionally charged. 
If you live in North America, well, even if you don't, the narrative that is happening in the political arena is a very charged one. There is a sitting president right now who is a very controversial figure. And we have two major and highly respected by different people, news media giants that have very, very opposing points of view about Donald Trump. Let's look at CNN and Fox News. It doesn't matter where you sit on the political spectrum. I am going to ask you to exercise the discipline right now, just for the purposes of this experiment, to hold back your judgment. I'm not going to impose my opinions about Trump on you. Recently, in the past week, an explosive item hit the news. It was about Mueller and his comments about his very, very controversial Mueller report. I chose that evening to watch. I began by watching CNN. And of course, their coverage of it was all anti-Trump. And then I decided during a commercial break to switch over to Fox News. And Hannity was on Fox and he was discussing the same topic but it was a completely different point of view, obviously. And I decided to just suspend my judgment and not decide who was right, who was wrong. Just pay attention to the narrative. Of course, both sides made very compelling and persuasive arguments. And you see, those arguments will be embraced by the people who are predisposed to a certain point of view. But what if you stood back and you said, I am going to choose not to be predisposed, and I'm not going to accept either of these arguments as objective truths. I'm going to exercise my critical thinking and see what my observations and my experience lead me to understand. And you're probably thinking, but the car is not the same as the Mueller report. The Mueller report is not a new invention that we're either going to accept or reject. You're absolutely right. What's relevant here is how our perception of what is true, what is real, What we believe is often shaped by what people are embracing as the current narrative, the narrative that they wish to support. I mean, in terms of the Mueller report and what happened in that debate the other night, what was fascinating is that both sides were focusing on the exact same language that Mueller used, and they were interpreting that language in totally different ways. They were telling their audience what those words meant. So 
How could they mean two totally different things? They can. Truth is a very, very elusive word, an elusive concept. And the point that I want to make for you is that if you just accept so many truths in your life without challenging them, some of them may be hurting you. What happens if you don't challenge the stories? Could you be limiting your joy, your creativity, your capacity for wealth? My answer is yes. There are so many areas where we are being told what the truth is, and we're not questioning it. Where else can we apply the principle of the three stages of truth? What about the airplane? Today, no one challenges the airplane as a viable form of highly convenient transportation. However, before the airplane was invented, the thought that people would fly in machines was considered insanity. And as the airplane began to emerge, yes, it also had to go through the three stages before it became, before it entered the final stage of self-evidence, and everyone embraced it. Franchises, I've mentioned them before in an earlier, in an earlier podcast, Franchises today are a very acceptable model of doing business. People invest millions of dollars into McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Burger King, coffee franchises, you name them. The franchise almost didn't see the light of day because it was violently opposed, first ridiculed, then violently opposed. And in the United States legislature, there was a bill on the table that could have crushed and completely obliterated the idea of the the franchise ever existing. Network marketing. One of my direct experiences, because I chose network marketing in 2006, that's an interesting one because there are different areas of society where it has become self-evident as a powerful, liberating, enriching tool, a business model that can transform people's financial, emotional, social, spiritual lives. And there are also very, very strong camps in society that are violently opposed to it, that still consider it to be a shady, uh, very disreputable form of doing business, a pyramid scheme. Where do you sit in your view of network marketing? Here's a wonderful one. Cannabis, marijuana. Today, in Canada, where I live, the government has embraced it as self-evident, as a positive thing. And the government is respectably selling it and making money off of cannabis. I grew up in an era when the 
film, the document, it was called a documentary. <laughs> it was called a documentary. If you saw it today, and I urge you to find a copy somewhere and watch it, you'll find it highly entertaining. It was called Reefer Madness. You will look at it and probably think you're watching something right out of Saturday Night Live. Hysterically funny. But when it was released, it was released as truth. As the truth about this evil and dangerous weed, marijuana, cannabis. That's when it was being violently opposed. The most valuable thing that you can take from this discussion is to bring it all back home to you, to your personal life, to the beliefs that you hold without question, the truths that guide you. They become your, uh, your roadmaps, your, your compasses to direct the way you live. During the next week, have the courage to look at one belief that you hold true in an area of your life where you feel particularly stuck, in an area of your life that may be creating great unhappiness and pain for you. And you may discover that you have reached a point in your thinking where you feel that that's the way it is. You've explored all the possibilities and this, whatever this happens to be, can't be changed. I want you to challenge that and ask, what if? What if I'm wrong? What if it actually can be changed? And if I dig a little deeper, if I explore a little more, if I expand my thinking, suspend my judgment, I may be able to get beyond this narrative and discover another outside-of-the-box way of viewing this situation and actually grow and move forward in my life. I believe that you can do this in every single area of your life. Just choose one. One. And have the courage to play with it, to explore it, to use that magic what if. What if everything that I thought was immutable, unchangeable truth actually is just a narrative. What if I challenge the narrative and change it? What can happen? What joy can you experience? What new relationships can you discover? This is my wish for you, that you continue to challenge yourself and to grow and to understand that the root of change and growth lies in the narratives that we constantly create. If you don't think that you're creative, think again. You have to be creative in order to live, because in order to live, you need to construct a narrative, a story that allows you to live. If you didn't create it, you would stop living. Here's a thought that can help you to embark on this exciting new journey. It's a quotation from Dan Sullivan, the brilliant mind behind Strategic Coach. 
And you can Google Strategic Coach and learn much more about Dan Sullivan. It's certainly worth exploring who he is and what he offers to the world, the empowerment that he offers. And this is one of, actually, this is actually a quotation that is inscribed. It's painted on the walls of his head office here in Toronto. And it says, the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the mind is looking for. With that, have the courage to ask, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.